This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. The point is revelation stopped coming. Now I want you to understand what that, what that meant for the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa He doesn't know what the plan is. He doesn't know Allah is going to be giving him 23 years of revelation. We know that now. Hindsight is 2020. He doesn't know that at the moment. And these are some of the earliest revelations given to the Prophet ﷺ. So this is very, very much in the beginning. Only a handful of surahs have been revealed. And now, days are gone by. Some say even weeks have gone by. No Qur'an is coming. There's a gap. There's a complete gap. And if you keep that background in mind, then perhaps you'll understand these two ayat in a different light. The first two ayat. The morning and the night that is still and lifeless. The morning and the soothing light felt like when the revelation used to come. The comfort that it used to bring. The brilliance that he used to enjoy of it. And now all of a sudden, it's like a night that just won't end. And it's still and it's lifeless. Where's the day? Where's the brightness? Where did it go? And Allah is referencing both of those experiences for the Prophet ﷺ in these first two ayat. The coming of the revelation, and then the gap in revelation, and him being left in the dark. Now, what does that mean for the Prophet ﷺ? When people are saying to him that, you know, he left, of course he doesn't believe it's shaitan, but even if he takes it to heart, maybe Allah is upset with me. Maybe I have done something wrong. Maybe I was worthy of the Qur'an that Allah was giving me, but now I'm not anymore. And that's why Allah is not giving it to me. And so he's, all these thoughts are coming to him, because now the gift of revelation has been discontinued. Maybe it'll never continue again. He doesn't know that. He has no idea. And so when the surah came, Allah Azza wa gave him this beautiful, beautiful you know, consolation. He said, مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ مَا is used, they say in Arabic, for rad, which means to correct somebody. You know when you say no to something? But let me translate this first so you appreciate what I'm saying. Your, your master did not say goodbye to you. Easy English. Your master didn't say goodbye to you. But the word didn't say goodbye, that's a negative, right? There are lots of ways to do negatives in the Arabic language. Lam rabbuk. You could say it that way too. You could say, rabbuk. You know, laysa rabbuka There's many ways to say it. But this way of saying it, using ma to say it, is actually a way of saying, no, you're wrong. Allah hasn't said farewell to you. This is to correct somebody, that's when you use ma. Like you know we say, la ilaha illallah? When we say, la ilaha illallah, we're making a statement. As a matter of fact, la rhetorically means you're answering a question. Is there anyone besides Allah? No. La ilaha illallah. But if somebody says the wrong thing, somebody says there are gods besides Allah, then you have to correct them. Then the answer is not la ilaha illallah, then it's ma min ilahin illallah. That's actually the other phrase in the Qur'an. Ma min ilahin illallah, to correct the wrong notion. So here the wrong notion of the Prophet ﷺ, that may be brewing in his mind, in his heart, the sadness that maybe Allah is unhappy, revelation isn't coming, is corrected and alleviated first by the word ma. Then he says ma wadda'aka rabbuk. And wadda in Arabic is used for the inside of the pit of a date is called wadda. A grave site is called wadi'ah. Or if they would build walls around somebody's grave and never go inside it, you know, like a tomb, tomb area, and they build wall around it, and they just, they're just never going to go to it again. This is actually called a, a wadi' also. Similarly, the word uh, wadi' uh, was used for, you know, as an expression of saying goodbye, meaning something you never come back to. Like that's going to be, it's walled off, you're never going to come back to it. This inside of the pit of a date, nobody's ever going to know what's in there. It's just going to be left alone. Allah did not abandon you. Allah did not leave you alone. That's the idea of ma wadda'aka rabbuka. Don't get that wrong. 
Now let's talk, this is about the Rasul of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but understand that even for ourselves, there are times where we feel the intensity of iman. There are times where it's easy for the tears to roll down your eyes. For you to feel like you, you have repented before Allah, and you feel a closeness to Him in sajda, and you don't want to get your head up from the sajda. There are times when you're standing in prayer, and you have an experience that only you know, and nobody else except Allah knows. There are those experiences. There are times in which you are crying before Allah, confessing before Allah, admitting your faults before Allah, and those are the, some of the most be- beautiful moments of your life. And when those moments go away, and maybe sometimes you wander off, and you, you go so far from that closeness to Allah. And you're then in a place, thank you so much, young man. Uh, and, uh, so when you're so far from that place now, you're like, man, I, I wish I, I can never feel that again. I used to be a good person. I used to be close to Allah. I can barely remember what that felt like, but I'm, I'm in the dark now. I, there's no way that I'm, that's ever going to come back. I've made too many mistakes. See, with the Rasul of Allah wasallam, he's assuming that he might have made a mistake. He doesn't know what it is, and he, of course he didn't make a mistake. But in our case, we know what mistakes we've made. We know the, 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 the mishaps we've done. We know what we've done to harden our hearts and get away from Allah Azza wa But even to us, Allah Azza wa is giving hope. That just like the Messenger, this is why the Messenger of Allah had to experience this gap. One of its benefits was, this ummah and his followers are going to experience a gap. They're going to experience times where they're close to Allah, and their hearts are touched by the Qur'an, and then they're going to feel like they're just in this night that just won't end. They're going to feel that way. And you have to be able to relate to that experience, because you're going to give them hope, that even though you're so far away, you'll be able to bring them back. And say, look, I know what that feels like. I know what that's like. I've been there. To wonder maybe if Allah doesn't like me anymore, or Allah doesn't love me anymore, or Allah is angry with me. And the correction comes to every one of us, and it first and foremost comes to the Messenger of Allah the most worthy of it, and that is مَوَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ And then he adds وَمَا قَلَى Which some have translated, neither is he upset. Neither is Allah upset. Or neither is Allah disappointed. But let's dig into the word qala, another interesting Arabic word. Al-qila, or shay'un yuttakhadu min hariqil hamd, yughsalu bihi thiyab. Basically, they used to call it a kind of acid. I can describe it as detergent. Detergent, old back in the day, was used to, you know, rub and scrub the, the cloth. But you don't, when you're done with it, what do you do with the detergent? You want to wash it off and be rid, rid of it and let it disappear. It's not something of value once you're done using it, right? It's, that's the, the original uh, you know, image associated with the word qala. Something you use, and then when its usefulness is done, you get rid of it and it's worthless to you. And it, it has no meaning to you anymore. Izalatul rasikh fil afna. They say that to remove something that's kept within the folds, like the, your, clothes, you know, your, folds, your clothes are folded up, like back in the day you have people like at the edge of a, of a little lake or a river or something washing their clothes, and the soap or whatever is inside the cloth, and they're squeezing it out like this and beating it out. right? So something that was deeply penetrated inside, but now you just want to get rid of it. The idea that you had someone very close, and now you want to get rid of them. You want to throw them out. This is also used, by the way, when you fry something. Andajahu fil miqla wa qala. When you fry something, like nowadays, if you're desi, you fry pakore, someone will say whatever you fry for iftar, you know, because our sunnah is to eat unhealthy. So, and then, you know, the leftover organic matter, you just kind of toss. That's also miqla. It's the stuff you toss away. Right? So he, Allah says, Allah did not dismiss you as if you're, you've outlived your usefulness, that you're no longer any good to Him. That is not the case. This is another, there are two sides of it. Allah is upset, and the, or Allah said, Allah said farewell, and the other, Allah sees you worthless. 
and therefore he's disappointed in you, you're not worthy of him anymore. These are the feelings that a believer can get towards, towards Allah. Allah thinks that I'm worthless. Allah thinks that I have, I have no good left in me. You know, again I tell you, people around you can make you feel that way. And you start taking the opinions of people and start projecting that that might be the opinion of Allah on you also. That's a very common mistake that we make. And that's something that's, that's highlighted in the surah. مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى وَاسْتُعِيرَ فِي الْآيَةِ لِلْمُفَارَقَةِ بَعْدَ الْاتِّصَالِ تَشْبِيهًا بِفِرَاقِ الْمُسَافِرِ فِي انْقِطَاعِ الصِّلَةِ حَيْثُ شَبَّهَ انْقِطَاعَ صِلَةِ الْكَلَامِ بِانْقِطَاعِ صِلَةِ الْإِقَامَةِ It's actually the imagery of farewell and leaving off and never seeing again is the imagery of a traveler that's gone and is not going to come back. It's like this revelation came and visited you, and now it's gone, and it's never going to come back. That is certainly not the case. Some have argued that qala, neither is he upset, neither did he dismiss or disregard you. That word, Allah did not say you, qala ka. Right? So some derive from that, that perhaps that word is so harsh that Allah out of love did not mention the Prophet next to it. So he said, your Lord, your Master did not, did not say goodbye to you, nor is he upset. Instead of saying, nor is he upset with you. So he didn't add the with you, as if the words with you would have been too harsh for the Prophet to hear next to the word upset. So he just said, nor is he upset. Nor is he angry about anything. Nor is he disappointed. Nor is he dismissive. Like out of honor for the Messenger, Others say, no, this is a common style of the Qur'an. Like, وَالذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا وَالذَّاكِرَاتِ Those who remember Allah a lot, and those, the males who remember Allah a lot, and the females. It doesn't say, and the females who remember Allah a lot. It, Allah was not mentioned the second time, but it's understood, it's obvious. And so the same way here, it may be obvious. In any case, now we move along. وَلَلْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لَكَ And, and I, I swear to you, I will add, I swear to you, because the lam is there, it's called lam al-qasam. اللَّامُ تُفِيدُ جَوَابِ الْقَسَمْ وَتُفِيدُ الْقَسَمْ كَذَلِكَ It's lam used for the oath and used to respond to an oath. Here you can argue that it's an all-new statement. And I swear to you, what is at the very end, al-akhirah, is better for you and is better for your sake than what is at the very beginning. مِنَ الْأُولَى What is at the very end is better for you, I swear to it, than what is at the very beginning. This is the essential meaning of وَلَلْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنَ الْأُولَى From this, some have described that perhaps things are going to get better, Qur'an will start coming, and it's not going to discontinue anymore. I personally don't find that a very convincing argument because انقطاع الوحي happened again. Like the gaps in revelation took place even later on. Like for example, in what is associated with Surah Al-Kahab, for instance. People came and asked a question. The Prophet said, I'll get you an answer, but he didn't come for a few days. That happened. Similarly, in the case of the revelation of Surah An-Nur, over a month went by, no Qur'an came down. And that's maybe even parallel with the amount of time that was spent here of no revelation. So that may not be the strongest way of viewing this ayah. Others have said this ayah is talking about, the, uh, about Jannah itself. What is waiting for you at the very end is Jannah, and whatever you're going through right now can't compare. That's one way of looking at this ayah. Of course, in, on the Day of Judgment, Allah Azza wa Jal will give 
Liwa'al Hamd to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the flag of Hamd, Allah will, Allah's Messenger will praise Allah with a kind of praise that we've never heard before, and He doesn't even have it yet, He told us. And He will praise Allah with that praise on that day, when Allah says, لا يتكلمون إلا من أذن له الرحمن Nobody will be talking except the one Ar-Rahman gives permission to, and that one will be Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa That's when He'll make the case for this ummah, that's when He's gonna stand and make the, pl- the, pl- the plea for shafa'ah for every single believer. This is the, this is what's better for you, that's coming for you than everything that's happening right now, min al-ula. Similarly, he's given al-kawthar, inna a'tainak al-kawthar, that's far better than anything you'll have now. And then your ummah is gonna be by you, by al-kawthar, may Allah grant us that gift, that we get to drink from al-kawthar, by the hawd in jannah, by our messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So these are the things that are promised to him, and so he says, the afterlife, what is coming in the end is better for you. That's also maybe somewhat reinforced by the previous surah, inna lana lal-akhirata wal-ula, same phrasing. And here also, وَلَلْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنَ الْأُولَى But there is another way of looking at these ayat. And I find that argument even more uh, compelling. And that argument is that things that are coming, that, that, what it, how this is going to play out by the end of your career. Right now you think this revelation isn't coming and this is the end. This isn't the end. There's a lot more to go. And by the time you reach the end of this mission, you'll see things are going to be so much better than what happened just now in the beginning. Things are going to change, you're going to have followers, you're going to be leaving behind, and this is going to be, you know, what I feel is one of the strongest ways of looking at this ayah, is Rasulullah did not leave behind buildings. He didn't leave behind roadways and structures. He didn't leave behind massive amounts of wealth. You know, like when, when great kings die, when the Pharaoh died, كَمْ تَرَكُوا مِنْ جَنَّاتٍ وَعُيُونَ وَزُرُوعٍ وَمَقَامٍ أَمِينٍ وَنَعْمَةٍ كَانُوا فِيهَا فَاكِهِينَ they left behind pyramids and statues and monuments that are still there. Rasulullah was born in a desert, died in a desert, and left the place a desert. He didn't turn it into towers and massive structures and monuments and libraries and universities. He didn't. What did he leave behind? He left behind human beings whose hearts were filled with the word of Allah. That's what he left behind. And that is better than anything else you can leave behind. Is a greater gift than anything else. And those hearts change the entire map of the planet. The world as we know it now is, is, is the way it is because of what Rasulullah left behind sallallahu alayhi wasallam. يُعْجِبُ الزُرَّاعَ لِيَغِيظَ بِهِبُ الْكُفَّارِ The Prophet compares him to a farmer who when the crop grows tall is so happy with how much it grew. That's the maturity of the sahaba he's happy with. These are the people that will carry Islam so one day you and I can say La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam.